Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listen to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hello, Ashley Pickle. Howdy. Future color commentator, Ashley Pickle. Yeah. Exciting stuff. It's going to be good. I'm excited. I really, I genuinely am excited. Are you going to tell the moth joke? Depends on how the game goes. goes. But I could. You. There is literally nothing stopping me. You absolutely could. Yeah. Today is Tuesday, September 28th, 2021. Where did my stinking rundown go? Oh, you know what happened? You know what happened? I restarted my computer last night for the first time in like six months. <laughs> so that's the problem. Today's Tuesday, September 20, uh, 28th, 2021, 58 days till Thanksgiving. Happy birthday to, do you know whose birthday it is? Mm, um, no. Uh, today is the birthday of Hillary Duff. That do anything for you? Yeah. Sure. Lizzie McGuire. Oh, no. Happy birthday to Dallas's own St. Vincent. Happy birthday, St. Vincent. She rules. Are you familiar with her? Uh-uh. St. Vincent, she's a she's an artist. Uh, she's She was in the Polyphonic Spree at one point, and then she went solo. Annie Clark's her name. She's really good. Anyway, happy birthday. I St. know Vincent. Hillary Duff. You and I come from two different <laughs> worlds, Pickle. Two very, very different worlds. Today's episode 1,250, round numbers. Some numbers are the same. I don't know. People tell me that's a... Devin, I told Devin that today was going to be 1,250. <laughs> You're about to put like, Devin what? on blast. He was like, what are you guys going to do for it? I'm like, nothing. Have Craig on. Show up. Yeah. Uh, on today's show, guys, we're going to recap the college football weekend by answering those burning questions we asked on Thursday. That's how this show works is we ask questions and we answer them ourselves. Oh. You know, just, you know, there's a, the whole conceit. Preview of, and review, baby. The whole conceit of the show. Uh, then we'll talk with the Hall of Famer, Craig Way. Uh, the Texas High School Hall of Famer will join us to talk uh, a little bit about, uh, maybe a little bit about the Longhorns. We had a big win last, uh, last week. 70 Burger. Talk, a lot, talk about them as well as. The um the, the the world of Texas high school football. Then back half the show we will unveil 
the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Plays of the Week, Top 10 Plays of the Week, uh, coming up here at the back half of the program. So do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Aaron Arbuckle, Rob Hathaway, Tanner Solis, and Aaron Flynn. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, my friends. The Dave Campbell's Texas Football Impactful Leadership Award, presented by First National Bank of Omaha, recognizes 10 influential Texas high school football athletes who are leaders both on and off the playing field. Congratulations to this week's Dave Campbell's Impactful Leadership Award recipient, presented by First National Bank of Omaha, Tanner Call of McKinney High School. Uh, Read more about what makes Tanner a great leader at TexasFootball.com. Congratulations to Tanner Call of McKinney, our Dave Campbell's Impactful Leadership Award a recipient presented by First National Bank of Omaha. All right, Pickle, let's get to uh, the college football review portion of the program, wherein you and I go back and forth, go back to the um, burning uh, questions. To Thursday, where we ask some burning questions about the college football world, and we try to see if we answered those. Um, sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. Sometimes this is just us talking into a microphone. Sometimes it's just as simple as that. <laughs> do we have any questions that we asked last week? I don't really remember. We sure do. The first one, the battle of the iron skillet. Mm. The question was, who needs this win more, TCU or SMU? I believe you said TCU. I believe I said TCU. And the final score was 42-34, to 34, yeah. the ponies. Yeah. At TCU, may them, I add. Them ponies did it. Them ponies dangle did it. And... Uh, planted the flag at the middle of the field, which caused a bit of a skirmish. Yeah. And and here's here's the thing about this game, in my opinion, is TCU's offense looked pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. I don't think you really have any issues offensively there. Um, passing from Max Duggan was solid. They were able to run the ball pretty effectively. Um, I mean, you know, Zach Evans went over 100 yards, mm-hmm. right? They were able to run the ball effectively. That was it. What is strange about this is that suddenly the TCU defense has kind of took mm, a turn for taken, the worst. Taken a turn for the worst. I mean, right now, if you take a look at, at where they rank defensively, they pace well below, well behind. Yeah, they- the um the um. Well behind their 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 off or their offense. They just which got in the strange. hole that they couldn't get out of. Now, their sh- offense couldn't do enough to get them out of it. Now shout out SMU. They they took control of this game uh, by virtue of a fair number of explosive passing plays. Mm-hmm. Right, Tanner Mordecai was on one, and they had some big plays. Danny Gray was big in this one. Jer- Jordan Curley had a had a great touchdown catch in this one. Reggie Roberson had a touchdown catch. They were. Except Rachie Rice, I thought was was probably one of the best players in the game oh, in, yeah. in this one. Um, this was a, it was a complete a, game, for a them. complete game for SMU, and and for them, they've got to feel like the kings of DFW. They've mm-hmm. won the skillet back to back contests. They of course didn't play in twenty twenty, but uh, a a phenomenal win for SMU and for TCU. You know they got to be scratching their head a little bit about what happened to the defense. And I'll tell you this, maybe I don't know if anybody's mentioned this. Um. They lose Trevon Morig, mm-hmm. and then um, Washington, our Darius Washington, mm-hmm. at the at the, uh, the the safety spots, and suddenly that defense is kind of lost. Um, I think they were super important to what what they they did last year. Yeah. Last year. So, oh, absolutely. Anyway, that's my thought. What's next? Up next, let's head over to which quarterback will look better. Was it Tyler Shug or Casey Thompson? This, uh, this one is a hard question. This is tough. Well, no, no. Okay, so let's start. Let's stop here. Uh huh. Tyler Shuck 
when he was in the game for Texas was bad. For Tech. For te- I'm sorry. When he was in the game against Texas for Tech, he was bad. Mm-hmm. He was not good. No. Uh, he finished 9 of 11, 68 yards. He did have a touchdown, but he had a bad interception, bad mm-hmm. pick six. And then it really went downhill. Then he got hurt, right? Yeah. Then he broke his collarbone. He's out until mid-November. Um, Henry Columbia came in, mm-hmm. and Henry Columbia played great. Yeah. Henry Columbia. I mean, there's a real argument that he played as well as Casey Thompson in that game. Obviously, he was chasing a lot, and and Texas went up by a big, big lead. Uh, got a big lead. Right. Look, Casey Thompson. I mean, he looked good. Right. Mm-hmm. He looked like he was in control of his offense. He looked like he understood it, and he looked like he understood the weaponry that he had around him mm-hmm. with Xavier Worthy, with Jordan Whittington. Um, his receivers played big too. They played huge, which, which helps. Absolutely, that helps too. Um, so who who looked better, Casey Thompson? Right. Part of it is because Tyler Shuck ended the game the sling. Right. But I would say that for Casey Thompson, like they, this was as complete a, an offensive performance as we've seen from Texas in, in a, com- a long and a complete and a complete cratering of the Texas defense. I mean, complete cratering of the Texas defense. They had. Let me make sure I got this right. Yeah, they 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 got absolutely hammered uh defensively. There's there's really no other way to to tech it, yeah. Yeah, tech it. They got hammered defensively. There's no good way to put that. And their tech their defense uh has suddenly gone from like what looked like it was pretty okay to like suddenly it was it very, looked like a bad. seventh grade team out there playing against an offense that is Good and played well, but yeah. not a great offense. Tech, well, and it was—I you know. mean, it was a complete. It was just a complete game from from Texas's offense. You give credit to them, but Texas defense looked very bad. Mm-hmm. What's next, Pickle? Up next, a game that didn't go in favor of a Texas team. Texas State. The question was over under on 119.5 rushing yards with a 59 to 21 loss against Eastern Michigan. San Marcos is on fire. Uh, it's it's all very bad. It's, it's all like very they're bad. Burning couches down um, there. And. And look, we, we talked about this with Jake Spavital, that he ran a risk of when, whenever you do something that is, uh, let's say, out of the ordinary, out of, out of convention, mm-hmm. if it blows up in your face, you're to blame and everyone's going to say, what kind of idiot are you? Yep. And right now, the move to j- take no high school kids mm-hmm. and to go entirely into transfers and entirely into into um, you know junior college guys is uh, it hurt them it's hurting them in a big 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 way and you're seeing that i think with on the defensive side and you're seeing that with depth mm-hmm. um as far as the um you know we came pretty close 113 was the total of rushing yards uh led by Brock Sturgis and, and Calvin Hill but um the 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 I think it's fair to say that Jake Spavital's experiment in recruiting mm-hmm. has failed. Yeah. Do you think that that means Jake Spavital, the tenure has failed? That is certainly up to people whose opinions matter more than mine. Mm-hmm. What's next, Pickle? Up next, another flub for a Texas team here. The question was, seven of the last 11 A&M Arkansas games have been decided by one score. Will it be 8 of 12? Nope. Nope. 20 to 10 A&M loses to Wu-Pig Suey. Mm, make some friends here. Uh, guys, like, let's just, let's just be, we can be honest with one another. It was terrible. Um, the, the, a and M, the A and M D, or the A and M offense, is 
broken. Yeah, I mean, they just they do not they're directionless. It's amazing, and and a lot of the a lot of the um, blame is going to be put on Zach Calzada, and he's not blameless in this one. I want to be I want to be clear. I do not think he was good in this game. Um, I think that he you know overall was pretty bad mm-hmm. in this game. He finished twenty twenty three six hundred fifty one yards and a pick. Um, he did run for sixteen yards. I guess he had he got sacked. Yeah, and times. I think that the AM but. Coaches have done a good job of fitting the scheme. I just don't. He just doesn't. I just don't think he's that caliber of a player. Here's the thing, guys. Here's the thing. We can talk about Zach Calzada. Certainly worthy of having a conversation as to whether or not he's the guy. Right now, he doesn't look like it. Mm-mm. Let's talk about the offensive line. Okay, the offensive line, sixty percent of their runs. If I have no, I'm sorry. That's right. Thirty percent of their runs. Went for two or fewer yards. Thirty percent of their runs. Um, inexcusable. They basically, they were, they were, they were not good. I mean, plain and simple. They, they, the offensive line is getting, is getting trounced. And basically, if you take out that long touchdown run from Isaiah Spiller, their rushing attack was pretty well stagnant. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that their rushing attack was bad, the, and, and they were not able to protect uh, protect uh, Calzada. They weren't able mm-hmm. to give him time to, to operate. That's where this game ended up coming down to, in my opinion. Um, yeah, because if your rushing attack's that bad, there's no right. way in the world you have time to get a pass up in the air. Right. It was. It was. You know, not good. Bad. 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 What's next? Let's flip the script here. We'll go on a positive note. What was the most important matchup when Baylor host Iowa State? And how about them Bears? 31 to 29, taking down the... Oh. I guess they were 15th ranked at the time. Yeah, I was 6 and say. Yeah, because Baylor's 21st now. So I was like, I know that they were ranked. I think Um, they were 16th. I don't don't often nail it, but I sat here and I told you Mm -hmm. the most important matchup was whether or not Baylor could hold up up front. And that was... In the end, the ball came, okay? They were able to run the ball effectively. They were able to, to run the ball with power whenever they needed to. They were able to, um, I mean, they were, they had a 52% success rate when they're running the ball. Pretty darn good, right? Um, their run, their rushing attack was fine. Uh, how many times did um, Gary Bohanna only got sacked twice against mm-hmm. a ferocious front? I mean, I think this was a, the offensive line played exceptionally well. Um, and they're starting to to move ahead. Now, they got some big plays on special teams, right? And that's obviously important. But in the end, the offensive line put on a clinic for Baylor on on Saturday, and that's a big reason why they came out with a win. We can talk about all the things around them. We can talk about Gary Bohannon. We can talk about the, 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 the defense, which came up with some big plays. In the end, this was about the offensive line, which I thought might have been overmatched in it. In the end, they were up. To, they had the stomach for the fight. They were up to the challenge. And now you're ranked heading into Big 12 play. I mean, you can't now, hate that. <laughs> and now, yeah, now you're one and own conference, two and own conference, mm-hmm. two and own conference, and um, you get a, a big road test at Stillwater yep. this week. So, big, big win. What's next? Sticking on the positive note here, we asked, is this the toughest game left on UTSA's schedule? And with a 31-28 to victory over Memphis on the road, meep, meep. Meep, meep. Down twenty-one nothing at one point. Down twenty-one nothing. This fourth quarter was so. This fun. thing looked like it was <laughs> over. It really over. did. But here's the funny thing about this, okay? 
And this is, I think, the mark of good coaching and a well-coached team. They got down 21-0, and it looked like disasterville. Yeah. Okay, They go down on basically, it's like the second snap of the game mm-hmm. because there was the fumble for Frank Harris that ended up getting uh, recovered for a touchdown by Memphis. Um, it goes disaster. It goes sideways quick. And they, and, and UTSA, who was functionally, functionally playing from behind the entire game, they didn't panic. No. They stuck with their game plan. They let the running game cook. They ran They ran the ball 66% of the time in this Did game. Did you see In many- a game that they trailed for basically the entirety of. Sincere McCormick had like 60 carries. Yes. Sincere McCormick had 41 carries 41? for 187 okay. yards. They How many teams get down 21 nothing and they go, okay, we got to ball up the game play and throw in the trash. They trusted the process, uh-huh. to, to, co- to coin a phrase, they trusted the process, <laughs> and it paid off. They were able to come back. The defense shored up. They came up with their plays, and they were able to win the game late. They stuck to the game plan, right? How many times? Because like, I'll be honest. If they had just said, all right, uh, hey, uh, Frank Harris, we need you to throw us into a win. They're probably losing that game, and they're probably getting blown out mm-hmm. because they're the, that is not what they need Frank Harris to do. They don't need him to go out there and be a gunslinger. Instead, they ran the ball 66% of the time, which is their identity, and they made it work. They made it come back, and that was that was maybe the most remarkable coaching decision of the, of the week was Jeff Trailer down 21-0 being like, guys, we're good. This Keep plan will work. Doing what you're doing. Relax. And, they did awesome. it. and now they're now they're 4-0. How they're not ranked, I don't know. Um, and I know I know the, the most popular thing you can do on um, on a, 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 a audio medium, especially for podcast listeners, is to read a schedule. Uh, so let's do that. Uh, their schedule uh, lightens up considerably. Okay, they the, U, the UNLV at home. Mm-hmm. Then they go to Western Kentucky. Now Western Kentucky is the Bailey Zappi show. Yep, and that's problematic. But I also don't think their defense can stop anybody. No. Rice, win at Louisiana Tech. That's a that's a Tuffy. trip up game. But if they do what they should do at UTEP, win home for Southern Miss, win home for UAB, which we mentioned in the magazine, maybe the biggest game in UTSA history. Yep, could be if, especially if they're ten and zero in that, and they finish up at North Texas, which might be a fire Seth game. Yep. I mean, unbelievable. I mean, right now that November twentieth game. There's a. I mean, they've got to get there right, mm-hmm. and you can't slip up. But this was the toughest schedule, toughest game left on their schedule, and they passed the test. Absolutely. What's next? Up next, another Texas team that got it done. What would signify a good game for Rice? They beat Texas Southern, but that defense is worrisome. Mm-hmm. That this is, the is first now, worrisome. Now, it hey, was 48 listen, to 34. Listen, listen. You know who started for Texas Southern? Who started for Texas Southern? At quarterback? Do you know this? I don't, actually. Andrew Body. Yes, I did know that. Now that you say it. <laughs> 353 yards in this game. Now, he didn't throw a touchdown, but he did run for 85 yards and two scores. Um, look, the defense, I don't think I a, a an excuse maker for Rice would say they did not prep for Andrew Body. No. And they prepped for Jalen Brown, and Jalen Brown basically didn't play in this game. Mm-hmm. Um a there there is an argument to be made that they were they did just did not prep for him right. and that they were caught flat footed. Uh, you probably still should not give up uh, 469 yards to an FCS team that hasn't won a game in f- almost three calendar years. Yeah, but a win's a win. You get Take on the board. <laughs> Offense looked great. Jake Constantine they got they gave the start to mm-hmm. his first start as a, as an owl and maybe he's the answer. He looked sharp. 
He looks really good. Now, look, you got to adjust for opponent, right? This is a bad Texas Southern team. But this is the first time we've seen competent quarterback play, competent, consistent quarterback play from them in a while. So uh, I don't know if that was a great defensive performance, and that is worrisome because now they've gotten smoked by Houston, and they got smoked by Texas, and they got smoked by Texas Southern. But at least they found a quarterback movie in Jake Constantine. What's next? Up next, is this low-key the biggest college football game of the week? And, man, it was it was a fun one as Mary Harden-Baylor took on Harden-Simmons. Mary Harden-Baylor pulling out the win 34-28, uh-huh. to 28, but, man. They were, they were in the straight-up danger zone <laughs> yeah. in this one. Harden-Simmons came in, and they're up 28-7, I want to say. Uh-huh. Uh, and I saw that score and said, "Holy cow!" <laughs> and and Mary Harden Baylor give cre- give credit to them. They mounted a comeback and came back with came back from a win. Held on late for the win. Uh, you know, short up that that defense. Uh, uh, awesome win for for Mary Harden Baylor. They are, I think, rightly the number one team in Division Three. This is their toughest in conference test, in my opinion. They're going to probably almost certainly win the American Southwest Conference unless they really step in it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Great win it was a good Mary game, though. Fantastic <laughs> win for Mary Harden Baylor. Great game, really fun, and uh, and yeah, I'm glad that we uh, I'm glad that we we spotlighted we it. It, it, ended up, it ended up uh, living up to the hype. Mm-hmm. What's next? If North Texas is going to spring an upset, what mm. has to happen? That did not happen. Now the score was 24 to 17, but uh, I don't know. Maybe don't go down 21 to nothing in the first quarter every mm, single game. That seems dumb. Why would you do that when when you just could go down twenty one nothing every single every single now look um give, give let's give a little bit of credit okay a little bit of credit they came back they could have quit they yes could have quit and they didn't that was probably the most um, life I had seen on the sideline in a second half this whole season they could have quit and they didn't um look the and, and and give credit to okay give credit to the defense the defense actually after. A horrifying start. Actually played pretty well for the first time. That's the first time we've seen the defense play anything close to decent. Um, they created uh, 11 Havoc plays, mm-hmm. right? Which means uh, which means that they either got in the backfield and stopped uh, stopped it behind the line, or they got into, um, you know, they, they were able to stuff them a little bit. That was, you know, they, they, they had a... a, a 26% stuff rate, which mm-hmm. was uh, zero, you know, zero or fewer yards. That's really good against against Louisiana Tech. Um, they sacked um, Aaron Allen twice, or they sacked their their core, the two quarterbacks. They brought on JD Head too three times. The defense, if you're looking for some silver linings, the defense showed some signs of life. Mm-hmm. The overall consensus here, their is, offense just stinks, man. It's awful. They're, it's crazy how bad this offense is. They're one in twelve on road games like, in the last in the past thirteen games, and that just says so much. If it's not DeAndre Torrey, it's nobody. Like no. DeAndre Torrey is the lone bright spot right now, but they cannot throw the ball at all. And, it's the same issue as last year. Right, Jalen Darden was the one bright spot on offense. It's like they can't get anyone else going. No, they really can't. And you um, can't dig yourself in the twenty-one point no. deficits in the first and expect that offense to come back. They're, it's not going to happen. Their passing offense is dreadful right now. Um, look, you give a little bit of credit to the defense, which showed some signs of life. Still switching quarterbacks in the first quarter. Like you, just, you need consistency. Bad news. What's next, Pickle? Up next, another game that was like a oof. How much does Clayton Toon's availability impact this game? And Houston barely won Boy. 28 to 20 over a, I'm sorry, I'm all good. love to the Agua troops. They're awful. They're bad. 
They're bad guys. Awful. And and this game, this game got real hairy for them. Um, they were losing. They were 10, yeah, they're, whatever. They're losing this point. game. Now now look, here's the funny thing. Uh, Clayton Toon had a big role in bringing them back. Right, he started this game. We we didn't know he was considered more or less kind of like game time decision. He did start this game. He played fine. He played fine, but mm-hmm. the problem was that the defense really got got run over uh, a little bit by by an offense in um by an offense in 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 um Navy that is just not very good. Right, just plain and simple, just not very good. They shored up late. They found some answers at halftime. Give some credit to Dana Holgerson and company. Um, they had some. They had some trouble, but they they were able to come out uh, with the win. Defense, you know, shored up. I still have some questions about the offense. Passing attack just is not as explosive as we thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, but a win's a win. You don't look conference wins in 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 the mouth. They're three and one, and you just take it. Mm-hmm. What's next? Finally. Mm-hmm. The one you're about to be so excited about. UTEP hasn't covered a home spread since September of 2016. Is this the week they were favored by one and a half over... Well, I forgot. Uh, uh, New, Mexico. New Mexico. How about those Miners? A 20-13 to 13 win. They cover. Picks up. And get the win. Three and one. Picks up. Three and one. Didn't look good early. <laughs> Did not look good at all no. early, but they found a way back. Mm-hmm. They ended up winning this Which game. Which is something we haven't seen a UTEP team do in a long time. No. They came back and um and and a lot of a lot of it comes down to their ability to to throw the ball. I mean yeah. I, I, I'm I'm willing to sit here and say that I think Gavin Hardison has figured something out. Like Gavin Hardison's figured something out, the quarterback spot. Uh he the numbers don't blow you away. 293 and a touchdown to pick, but mm-hmm. like that's what they need, especially when you're able to, you know, run the ball decently. Not great, but decently. And mm-hmm. then the defense came up with big plays. Um, this was a huge win. And yeah. now, by the way, they're I mentioned it yesterday. Favored. They're favoring against Old Dominion. Yeah. I'm just saying. And then, by the way, they get Southern Miss. Yeah. They should beat them too. Anyway, good times for Utah. Good job. Anyway, those are the answers to our burning questions. We are at Texas Football today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle. Derry Max and Dave Campbell's Texas Football are proud to team up this year to honor excellence in coaching and the hard work that assistant coaches put in on behalf of their teams. Each week, the Texas Football staff nominates four deserving assistant coaches for the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week and let fans decide on the winner via Twitter poll. It all leads up to the Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Year decided at season's end. Your Week 5 Derry Max Built by Chocolate Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Leander Rouse defense coordinator C.J. Alexander. The Raiders defense bounced back in a big way, holding Bassard to just 170 yards and pitching a shutout in a 52 to nothing victory. Little Elm offensive coordinator Chris Brown. Quarterback John Mateer totaled 399 total yards and five total touchdowns as the Lobos outlasted district rival Prosper in overtime 59-56. Vider defensive coordinator Darren Fletcher. In a low-scoring defensive slugfest with little room for error, the Pirates' defense stood tall to edge out Jasper 8-7. to And finally, Coleman offensive coordinator Zach Eddington. The Blue Cats averaged nearly 11 yards per play as quarterback Jaden Jackson racked up 194 yards total offense in a 63-13 to romp over Colorado City. So those are your Week 5 Dairy Max built by Chuckle Milk Assistant Coach of the Week nominees. Vote now on Twitter at DCTF. 
Pickle, let's go to the hotline. And let's bring in the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. You hear him on the horn in Austin every weekday uh, on Light the Tower. And, uh, of course, you can see him on Valley Sports Southwest, the co-host of High School Scoreboard Live alongside Rick Renner and myself. It's the great Craig Way. Craig, how does this Tuesday find you? Hey, it's always a good day when you can roll out the name of the venerable Coleman Blue Cats. Hey. So I'm on board. Shout out. Shout out to Coleman. Um, all right. So I would like you – I'm just going to open the floor to you. I would like you to tell me the story of your statistician because it sounds to me that he had perhaps the wildest weekend that any statistician maybe has ever had. Uh, that's, a good, that's a good way to describe it. Uh, Steve Leach is my statistician uh, for most of the Longhorn football broadcasts. He and uh, Alex Lorenz are my two statisticians. They alternate depending on uh, their job status with their real jobs and home and road circumstances and things like that. When Steve is not my statistician, he's on the sidelines holding the parabolic microphone for us. So he's a man of many talents and seasons. He lives in Rockwall uh, and just moved up there from the greater Austin area. He has a son in uh, the, the football programs in the, at the middle school level in uh, in the Rockwall ISD, which ultimately I think matriculates in his in his neighborhood to Rockwall High. But in any event, uh, that because his son is a middle schooler, they've been going to the Rockwall football games and uh, and and some against Heath. So obviously they saw them both when they saw that epic 79-71 double overtime barn burner uh, at Wilkerson Sanders last Friday night. So he sat there and bore witness to 150 points, hopped in the car at the crack of dawn, drove to Austin to be my statistician for Texas 70, Texas Tech 35. So he got a chance to witness in person 255 points scored in less than 24 hours. Real snootful. Real snootful of offense there for, uh, for your yeah. statistician. Yeah, his head was spinning upon leaving uh, DKR Texas Memorial Stadium Saturday afternoon. Yeah, I think I sent you a text. I was like, I don't know if I know anybody who deserves a, a, a drink more than that guy. Um, yeah. All right, so we are now out of week five, and and it does seem like last week was the 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 week that everything went a little kablooey. Everything went like suddenly we were just cutting the brakes on a lot of different games. So I'm gonna give you three. Yeah, I'm gonna give you three possible options for the most remarkable game that we saw last week. Is it okay. the aforementioned Rockwall Heath 79, Rockwall 71, 150 points scored? Is it Richland Springs 119, Fort Worth Covenant Classical 112? Or is it Sundown 9, Farwell 7 in six overtimes? Which gets your vote for the wildest Week 5 game? Or select another. Uh, the last one. <laughs> uh, it, it, when you can play for that long and get one touchdown out of it, you've, uh, you deserve special mention. <laughs> Listen, we knew Rockwall and Heath were going to put points up. We jokingly said, would 130 be enough if you were doing an over-under? And we were saying maybe, and the funny thing was, 128 combined points have been put up at the end of regulation, and they wind up at 150. So we said, could you know, we expected it to be that way. Richland Springs is going to score points uh, a lot of times 
even though they gave up some points in the case of a private program. But that other deal, no, I, I don't. I don't think anybody in this day and age. We were saluting the fact that that in regulation, yet Alamo Heights beating Wimberley seven to nothing. Yes, and that was impressive. We but, had we had that with, one Go with ahead. the seven Yeah, that's a different issue. Yeah, the other one we had, and, and I brought this up to to step on our podcast this week. We also had, uh, let's make sure I get this right. It was Aldi Nimitz three, Aldi MacArthur zero in overtime. Yeah, <laughs> we we also had that one. So we had both the highest scoring game of the week of the of the season with 150 points, uh, the 11 man level, I should say. And the lowest scoring game of the of the season at three nothing uh, in in one week. It's uh, what what a rich tapestry Texas high school football is. Um, and there and therein, by the way, lies the beauty of why I have loved and given my life to the sport for the last forty two years. Because <laughs> you never stinking know. We're talking with Craig Way, the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer, up here on Texas Football Today. Get involved in the conversation and hashtag TF Today. All right, Craig. Uh, the the big word this week is going to be idle. Um, that's the that's the the real opponent this week for for most of the state. Twenty seven percent of the team, twenty seven percent of the teams uh, in the state of Texas are off this week. Uh, they do not have a game scheduled. Um, you have been around the um, the the game long enough that you've talked to coaches a lot on their on their on their uh, their open dates, um, and you hear a lot of coach speak let's be honest we ask him what are you looking to accomplish in your in your in your open date and you hear the same things oh we're just looking to get better you know we got to finish one and know this week etc etc you've talked to a number you've talked to enough coaches in your time what are coaches actually looking to accomplish in their open date that uh that maybe they're saying to us and, and maybe they're not well number one and they will see this although they might not get real specific about it. Number one, I want to get healthy if they got guys banged up. Now, once you move beyond that, uh, it's interesting you bring that up because I had a conversation with Hank Carter, the late, late Travis head coach this morning. They're coming off a bye week. Uh, last week, in having Todd Dodge in studio with us, Westlake was coming off a bye week and getting ready uh, for their game with Del Valley, and they went out and uh, played like they came off a bye. They only won by 57. So I, but but in both cases, both coaches said this, and I've had other coaches say this as well, is that they do a lot more good on good than a lot of us would realize, meaning first-team offense against first-team defense, because you don't get an awful lot of that in your fall camp workouts. Uh, A, you want to see how your offense is executing on the first team. B, you don't want to see people get hurt. And during a bye week, even though there it's, it's, a, it's a paradoxical type of theme, you're trying to get guys healthy who have been hurt, and but you run a little bit of risk of somebody getting hurt, you still want to tighten up. You're kind of going back to some basics. That's what the coaches tell me. And so, especially if you're not off to a good start. Now, in the case of the two programs I mentioned, they're both very good or whatever, and, and they'll go on and, and have good seasons. But uh, they're trying, they're, they're going back and doing a rewind, and it's kind of refreshing for a lot of those kids. And, and you know, uh, Hank Carter said his guys were bouncing in their step at 5.30 this morning when they were on the practice field. So it's, it, I think it's uh, uh, something different for them that, to see the first-team defense guys against the first-team offense guys and just get a little bit better. 
Uh, and finally, Craig, I'm gonna I'm gonna do the same dirty trick that you do to me on your your program, uh, and I'm gonna give you three games, and I'm gonna make you choose one. Because even though there are a lot of uh, idle games, I, I think that Matt Matt Stuff yesterday compared it to uh to like going to Ross, where you've got to kind of dig through the racks a little bit. It's not gonna be right out right out front, but if you find that thing, you can find some gems. And so I'm gonna ask you three games. Which one of these are you? Would you teleport to if you could? Do you go to the Houston area for a matchup in District 14, 6A, Spring and Spring Westfield? Do you go to the Houston area again for Katie and Katie Tompkins? Or do you go to beautiful, I believe it's Hood County. I believe Toller is in Hood County. Uh, it to- is. Thank you. Toller, Texas. I knew you'd know. Uh, <laughs> Toller, Texas for Crawford and Toller. Which of those three piques your interest the most? Uh, I think I'm going to Spring Westfield to get spring, and then Pickle and I are going out for pie at House of Pies after. That's that. what's up. That's a man. I, I, I think that I think that's what we're doing. I think that's what that's what I would do. Now, um, you know, it's interesting. You can make the case about which game is even the better game in the greater Houston area. You know, is the is the Tompkins against Katie game uh, the better game? I would say this. There, there are three games I put into one category, and I call them show-me games. And you can, to a lesser extent, uh, I think also put Crawford and Toller into that category. But South Lake Carroll and Keller, mm-hmm. it's a show-me game for Keller. Uh, Tompkins against Katie, can you do it two years in a row? Uh, that's that's one. Can you can you show me that? And Melissa and Argyle. Those are three games where hey, top ten matchups. Hey, state rank. Okay, show me, show me that you belong. And I think those games belong into those categories. But uh, but probably Westfield against Spring would be my choice. And then it's going to be coconut cream pie at at, at House of Pie. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know that's. Uh... That's 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 the play, and and now we're gonna see if Pickle can uh, can can pull off that maneuver. Are you, are you oh yeah, able, okay. I'm prepared. You, you're prepared. Okay, yes. good. Uh, he's Craig White. He's the Texas High School Football Hall of Famer. Hear him every weekday on the Horn in Austin, uh, on Light the Tower, and then of course catch him on High School Scoreboard Live, 11 o'clock p.m. Uh, Friday night on Valley Sports Southwest, alongside Rick Renner and myself. Craig, appreciate your time, my friend, and I will see you on Friday. Hey, enjoy the week. See you Friday, Pickle. Enjoy the pie. Thanks, Greg. <laughs> there he goes. Uh, our one of our, uh, our our many food senseis here. I just forgot. I realized I forgot to send him a picture. The last time I was in Houston, I went to House of Pies solely oh. to try it out for him, and I completely forgot to send him the picture. Oh wow! And yeah, I just thought about that. Um, that's your bad. That is that's absolutely that is a flub on my part. I'll call your own foul. Anyway, we appreciate Craig White hopping on with us. We are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. If you are concerned about Ashley Pickle eating, mm-hmm. TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Girls gotta eat. Girls gotta eat pie. Yeah. Please pay for my pie. <laughs> Pickle Dave Campbell's Texas Football is, is proud to honor one head football coach in each classification with the Coach of the Week Award. Each coach recognized with a special honor typifies the best in Texas high school football. Your week five. Five. Thank you. Too many Dave numbers. Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week and 6A Joey Saxey from 
Austin Akins, first-year coach, Saxy, has surprising Austin Akins off to a 3-1 and start in 2021, and the Eagles open up District 26-6A play with a major statement, stunning defending Division II Region 4 champion, Buta Hayes, 44-27. First-year coach at Austin Akins. Akins, yeah. Akins. Saxy. No, you I said Saxy. I know, in 4A, Nick Caduti from Full Shear. First-year head coach Caduti has the Chargers thinking playoffs after a dominant 42-15 win over previously unbeaten Montgomery Lake Creek to open District 10-5A Division II play, putting them at 4-1. and In 4A, Marvin Sedbury Jr. from Terrell. Coach Sedbury's Tigers are off to a strong 4-1 and start after blowing past Carrollton Ranchview 68-0 to open up district play in the brutal District 7-4A Division I. In 3A, Armando Huerta from Odom. Hooting is intensifying in San Patricio County <laughs> as Coach Huerta's Owls improved to 5-0 on the year with a resounding 40 nothing win over Santa Rosa. Are you proud of yourself? I didn't write it. <laughs> I didn't. Okay. In 2A, you know the first new day. I do. In 2A, Adam Cummings from Sundown. The Roughnecks improved to 3-2 on the year, and Coach Cummings' squad won a thriller Friday, taking down Farwell nine to seven in a six overtime thriller. That is nine to seven is the final score. Yes. There were there were there were photos going around of the scoreboard that said thirteen to seven. Mm-hmm. That is not right. The scoreboard operator uh, did not understand the new overtime rules. Gotcha. So it's, you go alternating two point conversions, conversions after the yep. third overtime, and so it is nine to seven. And nine wow. to seven was the final, which is but probably not a whole lot of nine seven finals in Texas high school no. history. In 1A, Dwayne Lee from Strawn, after a tumultuous offseason that saw the legendary coach leave and return to the program, he helped turn into a six-man powerhouse. Lee's Greyhounds are showing no ill effects, rolling to a 5-0 mark with a win over state-ranked Division I squad Westbrook. And finally, in the private school ranks, Jose Stretic from Bolverde Bracken Christian. The Warriors scored one of the biggest wins for private school six-man football in years, taking down state-ranked 1A Division I powerhouse Rankin 49-45. So those are your Week 5 Dave Campbell's Texas Football Coaches of the Week. Congratulations to all the coaches. We salute you. For more information, visit texasfootball.com. All right, Pickle, let's finish this bad boy off with the DCTF Plays of the Week. Uh, big doings in the DCTF Plays of the Week. Uh, do we have a sponsor for this? Presented by Body Armor. Thank you. Presented by our friends at Body Armor. Uh, thank you to Body Armor for presenting the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. Remember, if you see a play that is mm-hmm. worthy of being one of the DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week, share it with us. Use the hashtag DCTF Top 10. Without further ado, here's your Week 5 DCTF Top 10 Plays of the Week. And Scott in the backfield. Fake handoff quarterback keeper. Johnson's at the 20. Third quarter, makes it, Godwin rolling out, fires one, nice, oh, it's picked off, in and out of the hands of his receiver, headed down the sideline, it is Chris Noble who will take it all the way, untouched, touchdown, Jersey Village. Richard finds some room, look out folks, look out, look out. Down the sideline, one man to beat, Sam Bounds, and that's a Taylor Pelicon touchdown. Unbelievable. Xavier Wisher, 67 yards, and we have a uh, Snyder touchdown. Kick is good. 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 Kick is good.
Ziggler is a split backfield shotgun set. Ziggler dumps it off near side pass. Is caught in the flat on the reception here is Elijah Gales. And Gales finds the seam. Elijah Gales down the sideline. One defender to catch him. Touchdown, West Orange start. Elijah Gales. How about that start to the second half of the Mustang? She has now given Tompkins their first lead of the game. It is now 10 to 7. Perez Gilbert steals it from the five. Finds a seam, and this is his best return of the night as he strides down the sideline. Motoring inside the 20. He could go. Touchdown. No flags. And Cinco. Bay Pearl 43 on first down. Randy will take it. Swing it out to England. Cuts up inside 45. He's got a room at 40, 35. Cuts up inside 30. One more move to make. Stiff arm. He's on his feet. 2015, another stiff arm, 10-5, are you kidding? Top 10 plays of the week. Remember, if you've got a top 10 play of the week, tweet it to us, Instagram us, all those fun things. Hashtag DCTF top 10. Shout out to Guy Frazier for getting the number one play, shooting it, I believe, on his iPhone. Mm-hmm. He did. Shout out to him. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, and now let's go over to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. Um, let's see. Step put in the comments, oh, and I was going to add. Go. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Step put in the comments today that he tried the breakfast burger from Whataburger, one mm. of our excellent sponsors. Um, he said it was excellent. Have you had the breakfast Mm-mm. burger? I have not either. Mm-mm. Apparently, um, it's something that we need to try. No, it's TV. He's also super pumped because that hatched green chili burger that he loves is back. It's so TV diet season. So I'm not allowed to have those types of fun things right now. Oh, it's well, you're missing out. Anyway, um, sounds great. A reminder, and we mentioned this on the pre-show, but I don't think we mentioned it on um, the free show, which is there's big news in the college football world in Texas. Texas yes. A&M Commerce is moving up to Division One. They're going to accept a, an invitation to the Southland Conference. Thursday, exclusive in-studio interview with Tim McMurray, the athletic director of Texas A&M Commerce. We're going to talk about the move, talk about the reasons behind the move, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of big doings. We're going to talk with Tim McMurray. The AM Commerce Athletic Director will be in studio on Thursday, so make sure you're here for that. It's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Craig White, the Hall of Famer, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please meet your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football. Today. Today.